the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What could God do if one church with one voice in one moment said, Yes, Lord, whatever it takes, wherever we are, we want to shine with your light and love like a city on a hill. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. He calls each star by name and can fold up the skies as a Bedouin would pack his tent. God's plan and purpose is for your life to be all about Jesus. Are you living according to his plan? In order to do that, you have to know the answer to those two questions. (laughs) Remember where we started. Who am I? Why am I here? I think the answer to those questions is found in these next verses that we read in Colossians 1. Paul has just said, I want you to live this spiritual life. And that's only possible because Jesus qualified you by his death on the cross. He forgave your sins. It's the gospel. If you're a Christ follower, you're a Christ follower because Jesus took your punishment. He paid the price for your sins when he died on the cross. Someone put it this way. When we want to show generosity, we put our gifts under the tree. When God showed generosity, he put his gift on the tree. And so in light of that, Paul says in verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and, see this, for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. Who's the head of the church? Who's the head of the church? He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. So remember the threat. People were saying Jesus is less than God. (laughs) And Paul stomps his feet and he raises his voice. And he says, let me make something clear right here, right now. 
everything. Say everything. Everything was created by him. Everything. Say everything. Everything was created through him. And everything. Say everything. Everything was done for him. You know what that means? That means both of life's two most important questions are answered in that verse. Verse 16. Who am I? I am a valuable creation of the creator. Nothing I do in life. No accomplishment. No education. No job title. Nothing I do could better define me than that reality. I am created by the one who handmade everything. That gives me value. And so are you, friend. More important than your past. More important than your future. Nothing you do will make you more or less valuable to God. That's who you are. But why are you here? Why am I here? Well, he answered that too. I was created for Jesus. Say for Jesus. You know what that means? That means that nothing I do, no education, no accomplishment, no job title, nothing I do is more important than what I do for Jesus. Now, this is where we need a little work. Because a lot of us are doing a lot that's not really for Jesus. And a lot have the biggest and the best portions of our lives that are being done. And they're not being done for Jesus. We have to be reminded of that great quote. Only one life, and it'll soon be passed, regardless of how old you are. Only one life, and it'll soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last for Jesus. So Paul's message is clear. You don't think Jesus is God, Jesus is supreme. And you don't think you have what you need, let me just tell you, Jesus is sufficient. Jesus is supreme and Jesus is sufficient. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever the circumstance in your life, Jesus is the answer. And I know that sounds like something you would expect a preacher to say, but that is the core of our faith. If we don't hold on to that, we have nothing to hold on to. Whatever you're facing, Jesus is the answer. And you may have some disappointments, and you may have some hard time, and you may be chained up like the guy who said this was, but Jesus is still the answer. He's supreme, and he's sufficient. So here's your question. Are you resting in the supremacy and the sufficiency of Jesus? And we could say a lot more, but it really comes down to that. If you profess to be a Christ follower, are you resting in the supremacy and the sufficiency of Jesus? In other words, are you saying, Jesus, you're bigger than any big problem I have, and you're enough to meet any need that I have? In your home. Is he supreme and sufficient? Your family. Is Jesus supreme. And sufficient. 
in your work or, or your school life? Is Jesus supreme and sufficient? In your, in your finances, is Jesus supreme and sufficient? In, in other relationships in your life, is Jesus supreme and sufficient? Well, there are two things I've got to understand if I'm going to live like Jesus is supreme and sufficient in my life. The first thing is this. Jesus expects to be everything to you. Jesus expects to be everything to me. Someone said the turning point in our life happens when we stop seeking the God we want. And start seeing the God who is. And, and some of you, you profess a faith that, to be honest with you, is not consistent with the Christian faith. But you profess that faith. And you struggle because you're, you're trying to create God in, in your image rather than be molded and shaped into the image of God. And that never, ever works. You will always fall short. Or some of you maybe with good intent are looking to Scripture and you're trying to see God replay in your life some of the things He's done there. And instead of, instead of seeing God the way He wants you to see Him, you're looking for the great I was. And He says, I am the great I am. Jesus is everything you need. And He expects to be everything to you. Think about that passage I read from Colossians. All things were created for him and, and through him and, and by him. Listen again to Max Lucador. What a phenomenal list. Heaven and earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. No thing, no place or person omitted. The scale on the sea urchin. The hair on the elephant hide, the hurricane that wrecks the coast, the rain that nourishes the desert, the infant's first heartbeat, the elderly person's final breath, all can be traced back to the hand of Christ. The Christ of the galaxies is the Christ of your Monday. The star maker manages your travel schedule, so relax. You have a friend in high places. Does the child of Arnold Schwarzenegger worry about tight pickle jar lids? Does the son... Of Nike founder Phil Knight, sweat a broken shoestring? If the daughter of Bill Gates can't turn on her computer, does she panic? No. And nor should you. The universe's commander-in-chief knows your name. He's walked your street. Jesus is in control. He's preeminent. He doesn't want to be elected president in your life. He doesn't want a prominent place in your life. He wants you to know that he is preeminent. And he is whether you acknowledge it or not. He's preeminent in creation. That's why he says things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. He's, crea he's preeminent in new creation. That's us. That's why he mentions the thrones and the rulers and those in authority. He's preeminent in our sanctification that's why it says he's head of the church. And he's preeminent in our salvation. That's why we're reminded that he gives us new life because of the cross. All things, everything is by him and through him and for him. He wants to be the glue that holds your everything together.
Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Louis Giglio that I first heard talk about laminin. Laminin is the cell molecule adhesion in your body. Billions of protein cell molecules. They become like the glue that holds your body together. Now scripture says that Jesus is that glue. That's what we've just read. He's the glue that holds us all together. So after a conversation with a molecular biologist... Louis Giglio discovered that when you look at a picture of laminin, it has something quite interesting. Maybe you will recognize this. Billions of cells in your body that are stamped with a reminder that Jesus will hold you together. He's everything. He wants to be everything to you. Why am I here? I'm here for Jesus. I live my life for Jesus. Well, how do I live my life for Jesus? That's how we wrap up, all right? How do we put handlebars on this and take it? We've learned that Jesus expects to be everything in us. Now we need to see that Jesus in us is everything we need. So hear me say this to you today. Jesus in you is everything you need. Everything you need. Everything you need. Everything you need. Jesus in you is everything that you need. So remember the second threat. They were threatened because they were saying Jesus is less than God. And and Paul said, let me set the record straight. The second threat, though is that they were threatened because they didn't feel like everybody could be a part of the in the no crowd. (laughs) And so Paul, at the end of this chapter, he says, let me set this straight. Look at what he says, verse 27. To them, God chose to make known great among the Gentiles the riches of the glory of this mystery. Okay, you want to know what the mystery is, guys? Here it is. Here's the secret. Here's the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say Christ in you. That's the mystery. Some of you haven't discovered the mystery. Some of you think it's a secret that only preachers or singers on a stage can understand. Only those who give their life to full-time Christian service. Only those missionaries on the field. Only those Christian concert artists. Some of you haven't understood that if you're a follower of Christ, you've got the secret. You've got the mystery because you've got Christ in you. It's him we proclaim, 
warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we might present everyone mature in Christ. And Paul says, this is why I toil, struggling with all the energy that powerfully works in me. That's the secret, guys. If I could afford to, I could retire today and tell you I've done my job because that's what you need to know. Christ in you is enough. Christ in you is everything you need. Not Jesus and you. Remember when those bumper stickers came out? Jesus is my co-pilot. Jesus doesn't want to be your co-pilot. It's not Jesus and you that gives you the ability to do everything. It's Jesus in you. But Jesus in you is the game changer. Jesus in you makes all things possible. Jesus in you makes nothing impossible. That's the message you need to hear. And that's the message we've got to share. That's what we have got to tell the world. Not only each other, but we've got to tell that to those who are coming behind us. We've got to tell that to this city. We've got to tell that to the nations. We've got to shout out loud that Jesus is enough. He's the beginning and the end. He's the door. He's the light of the world. He's the prince of peace. He's the way maker. He's the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's all we need. Jesus is enough. I want you to understand today the world does not need more religious instruction. We don't need more church ritual. The world needs a relationship, Christ in you. In church, the world doesn't need more church programs. Or it doesn't need well-known Christian personalities. It needs to find its position. And some of you need to find your position. Which is in Christ. So Paul was proclaiming the supremacy and the sufficiency of Jesus. If I could sum up my faith, I think I could do it with three words. I'll put them in a sentence. Jesus is supreme. Jesus is sufficient. And I have surrendered. That's really anybody's journey. And, and, and Scripture can proclaim truth. Scripture can say Jesus is supreme and Jesus is sufficient. But Scripture, God himself, he can't make you surrender. So I guess the first question we've got to resolve is, has there been that time in your life where you surrendered everything to Jesus? Because no matter how many facts you know about the Bible, no matter how religious you've been at different points in your journey, you're not a Christian if you've never truly surrendered if you've never had that moment where you said, I can't do it on my own because I'm not supreme and I'm insufficient. You have to surrender. And so you just need to know, as you're hearing these words, if, if that's you, if you've never had that moment, 
Man, people have been praying that today would be the day of your surrender. For me, I was blessed. I was raised in a Christian home, so I, I did hear the truth of the gospel early. I, I understood. When I began to understand that I did wrong things, I understood that I was a sinner and that I needed God's forgiveness. It didn't take much for me to accept that that's why Jesus died on the cross, that he died for the punishment of my sin. So I remember as a young child where I knelt down, actually in my backyard, and I said, Jesus, I need you to come into my life and take control. I surrender. And I tell you, in the years that have passed, there's been a lot of failures. There's been a lot of things in my story I wish I could erase. But the truth is, I've kept coming back to that surrender. I've kept my yes on the table. And I need you to know that our family has done that as we come into this strategic time in, in our church's life. As Kimberly and I began to pray about what the future would hold, we knew that this was a big deal. We knew, we knew that we needed God-sized gifts. And, and so we began to ask God to help us give the, the, the largest gift we've ever made. We're faithful with our tithe. We believe in that. We believe that's 10% of what comes into our income. And then we already give offerings. But we ask God to help us to give in a significant way. But we had a problem. <laughs> our income was shrinking. Not because of the church. Our church is so generous to us. But we've got a big family. and We're about to send our last son to college. Which will make again what has been the reality for about 10 years. That we have two children in college at the same time. And then we've got this precious little one that my wife wants to be able to spend a little more time with. So we're probably going to go down to a one income family here in the next several months. And so we begin to say, where, where are we going to get this? And I had this radical thought, I thought, that just popped into my head. But now I really believe it was God working in that day. Because that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to hear from God about how he would have you get involved in what we're doing. We call that revelation. It's something that God tells you. And so here was my thought. Um, hey, you have the ability that not everybody has. You can, without penalty, go into your retirement. And so I began to ask some financial guys about that. And everybody, to one of them, they said, I don't know about that. That's your future. I don't think I would do that. And yet as Kimberly and I talked and we prayed, God, God began to just impress on our heart that he was supreme and he was sufficient. And he could meet our need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And so we just made that decision. And I have to tell you, we, we had some funny moments in that. Because from when we made that decision to when I began to share that decision with some of our leaders... I watched my retirement account increase by the amount of money that I was going to be able to take out. Isn't that awesome? But guess what? Don't clap. Don't clap. Because in the moments of that time until today, I've watched it go back now. But guess what? We're not making that decision based on revelation. I mean, based on reason. We're making that decision based on revelation. And I'm so excited to tell you, you know, we're not the only ones that have done that. Because some of our leaders in our church and 
some, some key folks that are already a part of what's going on here. They wanted to let you know that they're taking this seriously and they're already in the game. They're already involved. They believe that Jesus is supreme. They believe he's sufficient. So as of today, 60 families or individuals in our church have already committed $1,824,730. Isn't that amazing? Already. That's about 60 families or individuals. That's some of you in here. And the truth is, as God works in your heart and he's telling you he's supreme and he's sufficient, it may be God's telling you, you got to do a little more. I don't know. But a lot of you in here, that doesn't include you yet. And this is your moment. And you've heard the reality. Jesus is supreme. He is sufficient. But you've got to decide if you're going to surrender. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.